Welcome to Narrative Responsibility, a podcast about examining the meta story of your life, how well it is serving you, and how to change it for the better. I'm Elena Wolf, relationship coach and life alignment mentor, and this is this week's new perspective. Hi there! I'm so glad you're here today. This is episode four the moral alignments of personal development. What do you think of when you hear the words personal development or personal growth or self-improvement or self-help, like any of the phrasings in that general vicinity? Is it like Tony Robbins and a crowd full of people with their hands in the air and tears on their faces? Or is it like live, laugh, love memoirs where you have to go halfway across the world to find yourself. Or if you're anything like me, it's the old SNL skit about how if you don't get your life together, you're going to be living in a van down by the river. I think those associations come up because not everyone actively engages in the personal development world. And for a lot of people looking at it from the outside... You tend to see the bad actors, the, <laughs> the hucksters and the false gurus, the charlatans, that sort of thing. Often they're offering quick fixes or making promises for their method or, or perspective that really no one thing is going to, to be able to deliver on. Humans are complex systems. We are holistic beings. And while there might be help in any given method, it's probably not going to be the only help that any particular person needs, much less the only help that a whole chunk of people need. But the core concept of personal development and, and its core appeal is empowerment. It's basically being able to make better choices about the path that you're on, choosing how you grow, and in the particular ways that you're growing. In that sense, it's kind of choosing who you become. I personally think it's important to make that choice to self-direct who you're becoming, because growth happens whether you're trying to grow or not. Why? Because change happens. If you had an experience, congratulations, you just grew because that experience changed you. Even if it's just the experience of being one day older, you still had that experience. You still changed. And if you chose not to have an experience, that also changed you. Even if it didn't cause you to be different, it changed your relationship with the experiences that you could have had. The ratio of experiences chosen to not chosen has changed. Therefore, you have changed. I call that negative growth, uh, by the way. <laughs> so um, if you ever hear me talking about that, that's what I mean, that like we, we all have this growth potential and these experiences that we could have. And if we choose not to have an experience, then the growth we have actualized stays the same, even though the potential has gotten bigger. So like that ratio has changed and therefore our actualized growth is now smaller in proportion to the whole than it was before because 
we didn't take the opportunity we were given to experience something, to grow, to change. When I talk about growing deliberately, it might be helpful to think of a tangible example. So let's compare the seed of an apple tree and a pine tree. The conditions in which those two seeds get planted might impact how they form and develop, but you can't plant an apple tree on a mountain and get a pine tree from that seed. It's always going to be an apple tree, maybe just kind of a stunted and not very healthy one, but it's, there's, you know, innate qualities that we bring into the world and that we're seeking to unfold that aren't going to change no matter what experiences we have or don't have or what conditions we're in is just, you know, there's a, an essence to us, an essential quality, but the expression of ourself and how we express our essence absolutely does change based on our experiences. So, you know, if you put an apple seed in the right conditions, it's going to thrive. It's going to grow tall and strong and have deep roots and bear fruit. And if you put it in the wrong conditions, it's not going to grow very well. And maybe it doesn't bear fruit or it only has, you know, a small percentage of the harvest that it could have had in the right conditions. And so one of the ways that doing personal development work allows us to control our growth is by like giving us tools with which we can examine our circumstances and see if they are actually optimal for our thriving. You know, if we were a tree, do we have the right amount of sunlight? Are we in the right amount of soil with the right kinds of nutrients? Do we have the right amount of water, whether that's, you know, groundwater or rainfall? Are we in the right climate with the right season lengths to unfold properly? So that's metaphoric, right? Obviously, for a, a human being, <laughs> the, the conditions aren't going to be quite so, you know, based in soil and weather cycles. But, um, you know, the kind of work that you're doing and the kind of relationships that you have and the type of spiritual work that you do, if you do any, you know, that sort of thing, your, your hobbies, those types of conditions either support your growth and flourishing or don't. So doing personal development work is basically becoming a gardener for your own psyche and really like your whole experience of being human, it's, you know, <laughs> involves your body and your emotions and your relationships and, you know, the things that you create with your hands and your labor and all, all of the things. And maybe I shouldn't even say it's about becoming a gardener. I should say it's about embracing your role as a gardener, because in fact, we are the gardener of our own human experience, of our own reality. We just don't always notice that or realize that or have conscious control of that. Control in the sense of consciously trying to direct ourself and grow ourself in specific ways, consciously trying to control the conditions around us for our own preferred or optimal circumstances. Doing personal development work is 
again, about growing deliberately. It's putting exertion and energy toward changes and growth that we think will be beneficial for us. One concept that is often included in personal development circles is this idea of becoming the best version of yourself. Well, what does that really mean? For me personally, being my best self means that my actions are consonant with my values, my principles, my ethics, my beliefs, and my goals. The result of this in my lived experience is that I don't regret many of the choices I make because I'm very deliberate about what I do. But that's just my personal view of what being my best self is, and yours might be different. One kind of fun way to look at it is actually as a role-playing game character. I will confess that as much of a nerd as I am, I haven't actually done a tremendous amount of tabletop gaming, but I do know the basics of creating a character. So you start with a template, uh, often it's called like your race. So, you know, human, elf, you know, I don't know what the various games call the different types of, of characters, but you get certain physical abilities as part of that type of character. And then you choose a certain class. This is more like your profession or your personality and you get certain capabilities or skills as a result of being in that class of character. And as you play, as you play through different game campaigns, you gain experience points, and those experience points will unlock additional abilities, or they'll make your skills hit harder. So you can do more damage uh, with the same effort, or you can do the same damage with less effort. And as a player, you get to choose where you put your experience points. So you get to decide which skills your character is going to level up or which new capabilities that you're going to unlock with these points that you just earned. And personal development is literally that same kind of self-authoring in action in real life. If you want to have a harder hit, then you need to work out and you need to train physically and you need to pay a lot more attention to your physical health and your strength training. You're choosing to put time and energy toward that goal of being stronger. You want to speak five languages? Then spend time learning those languages instead of playing video games. Again, putting time and effort into the task that you're trying to grow. If you want to create art or like build really cool stuff as a hobby, then you dedicate time and energy to doing that instead of whatever else you might be doing with your time, watching Netflix, going out drinking, or even maybe it's a choice between do I build this cool cosplay or do I, you know, read this personal growth book? Sometimes it's, it's not a choice between a good thing and a bad thing. It's a choice between two good things that would level you up in different ways and you only have so much time and energy. Which one do you choose? We all make choices every day that affect our growth. Personal development just gives us a framework to be aware of it. And 
especially if you're thinking of personal development as some kind of RPG character building, I thought it would be kind of fun to have the equivalent of a moral alignments chart. So if you have somehow managed to find me on the internet, but not seen the traditional D&D moral alignments, it is lawful, neutral, chaotic on a grid with good, neutral, evil on the other axis. So you end up with nine moral alignments. So this is going to be things like lawful, good, true, neutral, chaotic, evil as the extremes of the the various axes. I thought about trying to use those categories and honestly, it, it didn't quite fit. Partly it felt really... Well, okay, partly it felt derivative, and I do at least try to engage with my own creative, original thoughts, or at least um, flair. But also, it kind of felt unkind to call anybody evil. There might be some people who are evil in the world, but I think a lot more people are simply hurting and afraid of change or don't really know how to do better. And yes, they can hurt people from that stance, but it's not necessarily irredeemable and it's not necessarily a choice to be awful. It's more a choice to avoid growing and learning. So what I ended up with was an axis of growth seeking, growth allowing, and growth avoiding. And rather than using lawful and neutral to contrast with chaos, I decided to go with controlled and envisioned. So what what do all of these mean? (laughs) The growth seeking would be expanding. The growth allowing would be stretching. The growth avoiding would be static or possibly even retracting. So if you want to think about the energies that would go along with those alignments, Are you, you know, really trying to expand? Are you simply willing to stretch when it's called for? Or are you resistant to that process and you kind of want to stay where you are? And then going through the controlled, envisioned, chaotic. Some of these qualities are not going to apply every time. Some of them are positive. Some of them are negative. this, This grouping is... Um, Like all of them have kind of a mixed bag to what you're doing if you have this energy. So if you have a controlled energy, you tend to be more rigid and rule following. The ego knows best. You don't really like surprises. You have goals and plans to reach those goals and probably like alternate plans and maybe even sub plans. (laughs) If you are following a theory, you have it applied to a very specific situation and you are looking for one specific outcome. If you have more of an envisioned approach, you are going to be more flexible. You have an ego that is capable of asserting what it wants, but is also willing to take on feedback. You're ambivalent about surprises. You know that sometimes they can be good and bring you better things than you would have decided or chosen for yourself. And also they can feel disruptive or unpleasant. You probably have 
goals and rather than maybe having specific plans and sub plans, you have strategies to get there and a willingness to improvise in the moment as things come up. If you're using a theory, you're probably applying it across all contexts and to many specific situations rather than just one. And for you, your outcome is a concept more than it is a specific form. So as an example, you know, a, a controlled outcome might be, I want to be the CEO of a company in this field with this many employees. And an envisioned outcome might be something more like, I want to have this level of income and this amount of time freedom. And it could be coming from being a CEO, but it could also be coming from being an entrepreneur. And it could also be, you know, coming from other, (laughs) from being a consultant, let's say, some other role. So there's a, a variety of forms that your core concept could take. And then the the chaotic is going to be fluid or potentially even formless. The ego might be a little underdeveloped where it doesn't necessarily have clarity on what it wants. So it's more in a seeking kind of place or a seeking role. It loves surprises. You're going to have dreams and improvisation more than you're going to have specific plans or maybe even specific goals. Your relationship to theory is probably going to be more like theories always have exceptions, LOL. (laughs) And for you, your outcome is probably a feeling. So I want to be joyful and happy. That's really like wide open, right? And maybe that maybe you are joyful and happy because you have financial and time freedom, or maybe you're joyful and happy because you discovered that Flower farming makes your heart happy and you can be joyful and happy in a tiny home with a giant garden and two cats. And you're kind of open to any of the above because what you're seeking is simply that experience of joyful living. And obviously for any given person, you know, your goals, your outcomes might be different. I was just trying to offer a more tangible example type of outcome to see why each sort of position and how to get to it might be approaching it. So I want to fillet out a little bit what each of these alignments might look like. And this, you know, somewhat hastily done, I'm trying not to take too long with this, but I did want to to touch on this as well. So a growth avoiding state is going to be where we default to in our woundedness. If we have damage, if we have emotional immaturity, if we have arrested developments in some ways and are not maybe functioning as fully adult, matured, seasoned beings. So a controlled growth avoiding is probably going to be self-limiting by following certain rules. Maybe there's a rejection of novelty, possibly even being xenophobic and and insular, an envisioned growth avoiding state is probably going to be self-limiting because something, some opportunity doesn't obviously match its vision or because it feels like the vision has been met and there's nothing more to envision, nothing more to, to do 
or perhaps it has been let down so many times it's afraid to envision anything beyond what is. So there's, you know, kind of a cynicism or a nihilism there. And a growth avoiding chaotic state is probably going to be self-limiting by making consistent bad choices, possibly even reveling in bad choices, being irresponsible, being inconsistent, and just generally behaving in a way that does not support stability and thriving. A growth allowing state is going to be where we default to if we're okay and mostly okay with our life. I think a lot of people end up in this kind of place and it's an okay place to be, right? It's okay. So a controlled growth allowing is going to be following a relatively successful template for life, but you're probably doing it without considering if it really meets your needs or supports your authentic self. An envisioned growth allowing person is probably going to be following a scaled down dream that seems attainable, or perhaps following a dream or a vision that you've had for a long time without stopping to check in and see if you really still want it. And a chaotic growth allowing state is probably going to look like letting life lead you where it will. You have adventures and experiences without a ton of discrimination or intent into what you do. It's like, oh, there's an opportunity. Okay, I'll go see what that is. And some of them are going to be good and some of them are going to be bad. And you're okay with that. Like, hey, that's life. It's an adventure. A growth seeking state is where you come to, I think, with both stability and true self-sovereignty, where you really want to take direction and control of your life. And you really want to move beyond this state of okayness into true thriving. So it's going to look like deliberate expansiveness, trying to be more, trying to do more, just trying to grow and improve as a person. You're prioritizing growth by creating a life either that centers it or that naturally expands on your skills and talents. So to be controlled and growth seeking is going to be looking to expand in specific ways, being determined to enact the plan as you have conceived it. You've probably got big goals and a very clear vision. You have a clear plan of action and steps. I feel like a lot of the kind of biohacking, flow hacking, peak performance mindset comes in at this level. And what I would offer as a caution, if you feel like this is your alignment, is to not be too rigid about your vision and to make sure that you're not pushing yourself too hard for sustainability. So if you are a growth seeking envisioned alignment, you probably have a clear purpose or a vision that you're steering toward. You may be less clear on how or pretty flexible about the exact form that it's going to take. You're probably aiming for flow, but you're also able to grind when you have to. Your kind of default position is probably planning to put in the work, but staying really alert for opportunities that can make it easier or give it a boost. And also being really willing to pivot if something changes or you get a better idea or, you know, something about you shifts such that you no longer want the goal that you had before. So the, the kind of mindset here is going to be this or something better. 
And I think the the thing that's most hard about maintaining this position is not getting pulled too far toward either control and trying to make this exact thing happen or surrendering surrendering a little too much of your vision into chaos and, and not being specific enough to create tangible action steps. So then if you are growth seeking chaotic, you're probably also going to be looking for peak experiences and transformative adventure. This is going to be a state of maximal openness. Again, the, the vision that you're going toward or wanting to move toward is probably more of a feeling state than a specific goal. And so there's a desire to expand with purpose, but it's also more generalized. There's a trust that good is, is available in a lot of options. And so you're probably going to follow the opportunities or maybe what seems to be the universe guiding you towards specific pathways. And what might be challenging here is if you're pulled in too many directions or if you can't stick with one thing long enough to get traction and see results, or possibly if you don't have enough clarity about like your identity and values in order to say no to the things that don't support your true path. So you've been listening and hopefully enjoying my little delving into making personal growth in RPG with a codified alignment chart and everything. But where do you think you fall on it? And are there times in your life when maybe you've been on other parts of this chart than you are now? Is there a consistent zone that you seem to fall in? Like, have you been controlling the whole time? Or maybe you've been switching between envisioning and chaotic, but on the, on the same level of, say, like growth accepting. It was not my intent to formulate this chart according to my own preferences um, or experiences, but I found when I sat back and looked at what I'd written that I have consistently been on the envisioned line and I've been on all three parts of it. Wow, does that not feel good to say out loud? But also, it feels great to be able to say that I know where I am and it's in a better, it's a better spot than I have been before. So that's quantifiable growth and subjective improvement in my quality of life. If you're a visual person and you want to see this laid out, I promise I will put some visuals on my Instagram so you can look for those. And that's it for this week. If you want to find out more about my work, you can check out my website, thepatternbreaker.com, or you can follow me on Instagram at thepatternbreaker. If you think that you are ready to do mentoring or coaching and you like my vibe, feel free to set up an exploration call. We can have a chat and see if your challenges are something I can help you with. And until next time, what part of your story are you going to take responsibility for this week?